Hello, welcome ladies and gentlemen and non-binaries and everyone in between to the People Scare Me podcast. This is your girl Rose. Um, you can find me on Twitter at cutieartist92. And uh, how is everyone? Now, this episode, uh, we're not going to get into uh, the cartoon critique corner this episode. This is actually my first ever recorded book review. So uh, the book that I have decided to review is Parable of the Talents, written by Octavia E. Butler. And this novel is basically a continuation of the Parable of the Sower, also by Octavia E. Butler. And it's basically part two of the novel as a whole, uh, basically two-part series. So what I'm going to do in this review is I'm going to go through a few parts, you know, talking about maybe not every single last detail about the book, but the main um, qualities and components of it that really struck me and uh, stood out to me the most when it comes to how I rate it. So at the end, I'm going to give my overall uh, score like something out of 10 and something out of five. So first, let's read a little bit about who Octavia Butler actually is. So I'm going to read the about author section. Okay. Octavia E. Butler, uh, born 1947 and passed away 2006, was the first black woman to come to international prominence as a science fiction writer. Incorporating powerful spare language and rich, well-developed characters, her work tackled race, gender, religion, poverty, power, politics, and science in a way that touched readers of all backgrounds. Butler was a towering figure in life and in her art and the world noticed. The critical force. She received numerous awards, including the, the MacArthur, MacArthur Genius Grant, both the Hugo and Nebula Awards, the Langston Hughes Medal, and a PEN Pen Lifetime Achievement Award. About herself, Octavia E. Butler once wrote, quote, I'm a 53-year-old writer who can remember being a 10-year-old writer who expects someday to be an 80-year-old writer. I'm also comfortably asocial, a hermit in the middle of Seattle, a pessimist, if I'm not careful, a feminist, a black, a former Baptist, an oil and water combination of ambition, laziness, insecurity, certainty, and drive. Wow. Even that was a lot, right? So anyway, this book was published what year was published trying to find the year when was it published okay so copyright 1998 and i guess it was like it says reading group copyright 2000 so late 90s i'll just say um so let's Oh yeah, also let me read the the summary on the back of the book. So in 
2032, Lauren Olamina has survived the destruction of her home and family and created a peaceful community in Northern California based on her newly founded faith, Earthseed. The fledgling group provides refuge for outcasts facing persecution after the election of an ultra-conservative president who vows to, quote, make America great again. I'm going to repeat myself. President who vows to, quote, make America great again. Ain't that a coincidence? In an increasingly divided and dangerous nation, Lauren's subversive colony, a minority religious faction led by a Black woman, becomes a target for President Jarrett's reign of terror and oppression. Years later, Ashavere reads the journals of a mother she never knew, Lauren Olamina. As she searches for answers about her own past, she also struggles to reconcile with the legacy of a mother caught between her duty to her chosen family and her calling to lead humankind into a better future. So that was the little synopsis of Parable of the Talents. So um, I'm going to get into the first part of this. Um, Maybe this will be a two-parter. I'm going to try to squeeze it into this one episode, but we'll see. So my thoughts on the main character, uh, Lauren Olamina. Sometimes she switches her name around, but I just call her Lauren. My general thoughts on her is that when it comes to her, her positive qualities, she's ambitious, she's street smart, she's resourceful, um, she is... I want to say emotionally strong at times when she needs to be. Uh, she's reliable. She's obviously intelligent. So she has, uh, and she's obviously a, a great leader. But when it comes to her negative qualities, which made me feel like, okay, if this was real life, I don't think that um, Lauren and I would get along that much. But some of the negative qualities about her as a character is that one, it seems like she she doesn't really how do I say this? It seems like she prioritizes her dreams and a concept and her um, she prioritizes her destiny over other people's lives or over general safety. So for example, she'll be in a situation where um, they're trying to, like her and her friends or family are trying to hide from a group of like killer people, right? Or murderers. And then she'll say something like, hey, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna risk it and run over here to get this, even if they could, she could be shot at any time. But while everyone else is saying, no, you're crazy for doing that, you're gonna get killed, her thought process or her principle behind it is, well, I mean, it's better than not trying because if you don't try, if you just continue to stay this way, eventually you will be killed, but I'd rather die trying than rather doing nothing at all. Another, um, let's see. What's another quality? I feel like in her own way, uh, in regards to that, she can be a bit selfish as well, but it's like her selfishness is 
it, it still draws from her need to create a better future for, for humankind. So it's like she, it seems like she is willing to sacrifice other people in order to reach that general goal for herself. And oh, also she's, I noticed that based on her language, she's very straightforward, especially when Octavia Butler herself, when she uh, is writing as Lauren, she is very blunt in her description of people. So if, if someone looks ugly, she's gonna call them ugly. If, she, if someone looks dirty, she's gonna call them, oh, oh, she or this person looks dirty and scruffy and they didn't look too bright or whatever. She's very straightforward. Now, um, on to what I think about the surrounding or supportive and I guess the antagonist characters. So, um, I, the character is basically the supportive or surrounding characters who stood out to me the most were Bankol and Bankol is, um, her, her eventual or soon to be husband throughout the story. And, um, he is way, 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 way older than her. He was a doctor, um, a medical professional, very established, very uh, practical, and very opposite of Lauren as a character. There's Marcos, uh, Lauren's uh, one of Lauren's brothers who survived the attack in the neighborhood. There's uh, Larkin, and Larkin is. Um, Turns out to be Asha Vere, her her daughter, Lauren's daughter. And let's see. And there was Zara, one of Lauren's friends. There was Balin, who she meets later in the story, and Dan Neuer. Now, I have to admit something. Um a lot of the characters described in this story when it comes to Lauren talking about her neighborhood and the families there and the kids and these people I've met along my journey of moving to these places and these places. I have to admit that some characters interest me, interested me more than others and, uh, certain characters I just simply wasn't into their story and maybe it's just because I'm not into too many details and uh I just think I believe that a full group of characters like between I can probably only remember a good handful of the characters who actually impacted Lauren's life and impacted or affected the story or pushed the story a little bit more. So, for example, there's a character, there's a, a boy named Dan Neuer in the story, and it's like his story was like a one of the side plots 
where he was basically trying to find his sisters and then he tried to you know venture off in search of them and then of course Lauren was worried about him not coming back and then it turned out that I think it either I think one of the sisters survived and it, uh, it, it turned out that Dan uh, did not make it. He he died. I don't want to say how because I don't want to give too much. But um, anyway, it just showed how, how determined he was to find his sisters no matter what. And unfortunately, one of his sisters survived, but then he passed away. And um, there's a lot of that in this novel about change itself right because one of the um earth seed principles the main principle is that god is change life is change so there's that um yeah it's just the, the so the basically and of course there's a uh, president jared who of course reminds us of a certain president that is no longer present anymore thank god and it's just it's so funny how there's so many parallels and coincidences in this book um when it was written compared to how everything is now and one of the things um that was described about jared in this novel is that he was a president who incited violence through scripture and religion and saying these sinners need to, you know, get away. And and um, it's like he had this way of saying, kill people or destroy them without actually saying it so that he could get away with saying, oh, well, I didn't tell these followers to, to kill and attack people. I just said that we need to make this this uh make america great again i just want everything to be a good christian founded um place for everyone to serve the lord and i didn't tell them to to hurt anyone even though you basically did in your own sneaky way but anyway yeah there's that so um moving on to the format um, when I'm talking about the format, I mean the physical way that Octavia Butler types or formats the book in print. So basically, uh, I, I admire that uh, Miss Butler, for the audience, she typed out in regular print in order to identify when Lauren is speaking or writing in her journal about what's happening to her. And then when her daughter in the future, Larkin, AKA Asha Vere, when she's speaking and um, recounting what's happening in her life, it's written in bold print. So I really like how that, um, how that is in the books in order to not get too confused. Um, also, 
when it comes to the sentence structure and grammar, I noticed that Octavia Butler's style in certain ways when she's describing a certain someone, like let's say she'll describe their hair. Instead of saying something like, oh, she had, like her hair was blonde, long, and curly. She would say her hair was blonde and long and curly. So she would add extra ands in order to emphasize that description. So that's that's one thing I noticed about her, her syntax and her her way of speaking when it comes to that. Now, moving on to the pacing and the duration. Uh, Another thing I have to admit is that I understand that a lot of novels uh, tend to be elongated or it seems very lengthy because you're talking about someone's life. Even if you were to chop it up and edit it, it's still gonna be pretty long. But this, this novel, including the epilogue, it was 406 pages. So it took me about three months to complete the whole book. So when it comes to the pacing, I have to say that there were times where I had to take breaks from the book, come back to it, read a couple chapters, then wait a few days until I actually felt like reading it and then go back to it. So the pacing was a tad bit long for me because I'm really not a fast reader at all. I need time to read a few pages, let it sink in, maybe even go back while I'm reading and see if I got everything. So just stuff like that. I thought the pacing was meh. I mean, I guess the whole point of it is to be elongated when you're talking about um, Lauren's journey and becoming of Earthseed and um, developing her doctrine in that practice and everything like that. So I get it. it it's not like a huge gripe, but I, I wish it could have been a tad bit shorter. Um, let's see. So the themes, there are so many important themes of this book, as well as her first one, uh, Parable of the Sower, but in Parable of the Talents, of course, the title itself, Parable of the Talents coming from the Bible and how um, I think like either a Lord or a King told three men uh, okay, I'm giving you this many talents or this much money or something or other to do this. So basically in the Bible, it's basically a story about how if God provides you a talent or a skill or anything you can, you can spread to others or, um, positively affect the world you shouldn't just waste your talent you should you should um 
hone in your craft and teach others instead of just keeping it all to yourself. Or if you can't teach others, at least share to the world that you have that talent. So, um, another, so one of the themes that really caught my eye was the, um, I guess I better wrap this up before it, you know what, I'll do a part two. So I'll just say this, uh, one thing about the theme. One of the themes that I really took notice of was sharing or describing the ugly side of Christianity and religion. And um, I I am a, a believer. I believe in God. I, um, I believe in Christ. I'm not an ultra religious person. I'm basically like a mix of religious and spiritual. I still pray. I still believe. I still... Um, would hope that there's a heaven in, of some sorts. But anyway, in this book, it just shows that classic, like many classic examples of how in, you know, Christianity or religion in general, there's these people in high places like priests, preachers, um, um, I want to say just basically people in church who have this tendency to look down on others as sinners and harlots and all this stuff, but then they're actually the ones doing the most evil and sinful thing, especially when it comes to the men of the religion taking advantage of women and covering up their sins with the Bible and, you know, I mean, a lot of it um, creates that sexism and misogynoir and blaming women. Even if the man is the one doing the sin, you call the other girl a whore or a harlot or a tramp or whatever when you're the one who is causing that pain. Um, And, you know, unfortunately, we see it all the time, right? We see that preacher who says thou shalt not do this and um women need to close their legs and be godly but then the man is having three other uh three other uh what's it called um i forgot or i'll just call them side side women um, mistresses, that's what I'm going to say. They'll, that person will have a bunch of mistresses and then not be faithful to his wife, but then it's like you're blaming the mistresses, you know what I mean? And uh, when it comes to also comparing that to the people who are actually good people and genuine and because they're into, let's say, being an individual or they are more all, all about inclusivity and actual love and stuff like that, but then they're called sinners be, just because they're different or just because they don't blindly follow the religion of Christianity or Catholicism, whatever it is. 
So I thought that was interesting. Um, you know what? I'm maybe I'll just say one more thing. I'll, I'll have like five minutes on this part. Uh, another theme that caught my eye and I was really thinking about was the whole thing about being a sharer. And in this series, a sharer was is basically someone who has the ability to be an extreme empath of a person and feel the emotions of someone else, especially when that other person is in pain. So throughout the story, Lauren, um, she learns that uh, she can't look at people whenever they get stabbed or shot or killed because then it hurts her in that same exact pain. So it basically taught, she taught herself not to feel anything and being a strong black woman already, we're already taught that, oh, you just have to hold in your negative emotions. You just have to quote, be strong through everything. And that really shows that whenever Lauren is going through something tragic or traumatic, even, you know, such as sexual assault or rape or uh, a family member of hers gets killed, she'll do something like, okay, she'll say something like, okay, today um, I went in the garden and I planted these seeds and I hid this money over here in this hole. And then the next day she'll be like, so-and-so raped me. And then the next day, so anyway, I went outside. It, it's like she's not processing it fully. She's just going through the motions because she's not allowed to feel so much. And it's so sad to see her as, um, to see her go through that and just be so used to, okay, I can't look at this. I can't feel this because I'm gonna feel it too much and I don't wanna feel anything anymore. But anywho, I'm gonna wrap it up here for this part one of the review and I'll post another one after this. I'm still leaving off and still talking about the themes before I give you my actual review. So with that being said, stay tuned for the next one. Bye y'all.